Amen. So, this will be a far stretch for me. You know, usually I come back and people say, how was Africa? And I say, it was good. (laughs) Um, So, but again, I'm grateful um, just for the little bit of time that I've had to reflect on. And uh, it's not something that we get to do enough of is um, taking the time to really ask what it is that the Lord's done. So um, I want to read one verse as we sort of jump into looking at our overview of the trip to Africa. Acts 14, verse 27 and 28. Um, And at this time, this was Paul's first missionary journey. So the first going out for Paul and they come back and we pick up in Acts 14 verse 27 and it tells us now when they had come and gathered the church together they reported all that God had done with them and that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles so they stayed there a long time with the disciples so there you have it that was customary in the early church as Paul and the others went out On their missionary journeys, they came back in and uh, they gathered together and they talked about the things that God had done as they went out. So um, that's where we're at. Father, we pray for this evening. Um, I ask that as uh, you've given me the privilege to share with the fellowship here about our time of going out to Africa, Lord, that you would use it. And the ways that you have allowed me to recapture that time. um, That if in anything, in any of that, what you would uh, wish to do tonight with it, Lord, have your way. I know what you've shown me is that uh, there through all of it, you were there working on, dealing with, speaking to. And uh, that's what you're doing each day, no matter where we're at. And Lord, when we're called to give an account for it, might we be able to look on and see where your hand has been on our lives. And we do pray uh, for this town, Lord, the town of Whitefish. This is our home. This is our Jerusalem. This is the place we pray for, Lord. These are the people who we uh, ask and hope that they would come to know you. We pray that the food truck would be such a light, right in a dark place, right on central, Lord, right in the center of it all, that you would um, use this night to bring people to the end. Lord, break people, and uh, may they look for more, and search for more, and ask. And as Katie prayed, Lord, place us where you would have us to be. If anyone's out walking, praying, if anyone would stumble over to the food truck, Lord, fill whoever that might be with the words Uh, to share. Lord, we know Paul talks about being one who was untimely born. Um, This is an unlikely time for one to come to you. Perhaps one might think as they're out having fun, but Lord, have your way in this town and use us, if you will. In Jesus' name, amen. So there was a handful of us who went on this uh, trip to Africa. And if you asked anyone um, about their time, you're going to get same trip, maybe similar stories, but 
at the same time, you're going to have different takeaways. People had different conversations. There were different moments that each person might have had. Um, and so I had my own different blessings that came along the way. So I just thought, um, as we're doing an overview, overview. so we're not going to rehash every day what we did, itinerary. This is just an overview, pulling out some different things that stood out um, to me. So I was asking the Lord, what would be some lessons, just some a few things that I could bring um, from this trip that we all just took to Uganda. And uh, as, as on any trip, um, I just kind of put it in some simple ways to help keep my mind focused. Um, so there, there are some confessions that often need to come from a trip. And there's also uh, blessings that come out of a trip. There's takeaways that come out of a trip. There are conversations that you have with others, possibly with nationals, with locals. And um, there's also moments where you can look on and know that was a moment. There was something that was taking place in that moment that stands out above others. Um, So that's kind of going to be how I'm going to walk through what Uganda, what Africa was for me, what I saw maybe it was for our trip. Um, for the team that went, and for the ministry. So, not to be like a good Catholic, but we'll start with confession. Um, Believe it or not, going to Uganda for me, there was some struggle in the idea, in the actual going to Uganda that took place within for me. Um, I happen to be privileged. I've lived in Kenya for six months. I think I've gotten to go back there twice. Um, I've also gotten to go to Uganda two other times uh, before this trip. So it's difficult not to come into it going, okay, I've been there, done that. And some of my struggle comes just in this little factor. Uh, We were gone from October 11th, I believe it was, through the 25th. So... um, this, this trip, we were reconciling our spending over this trip to Uganda. And it's, it's a trip that had categories. That's how long we were gone. There was like category one was whitefish to Denver. That was tour category. And then we had Denver to Salt Lake. That was Africa trip, but still in the States. And then we flew back and road trip from Salt Lake to whitefish. So that was, again, Africa category. So... That's how long we were out. This was a trip that had categories to it. And uh, also, you guys are a hard bunch to leave. I'll say that. Um, I've personally really enjoyed and loved what the Lord is doing up here. And the idea of leaving that was difficult. As, As much as it's a great idea of heading off to Uganda, the idea of leaving what God's doing here, here... Slight struggle for me. Not to mention the fact that my wife and my son, who's growing, we found out today, quicker than average. I guess they say, this month your baby should be this long. So he's growing above average speeds. I think even a month ahead of where he should be. I came back and I was looking for my son. I didn't realize he was right there. But he uh, just in two weeks, he's grown 
at a, at a faster than average rate. But either way, um, as we were getting ready to fly out to Africa, so our time on tour had wrapped up, our Denver service was done. We were having a time, the team, we were just praying uh, about heading out. And I had a thought come to me. And the thought was, as I was thinking about those who are on the team, there were several of us who had left spouses behind to go on this trip to Uganda. And the thought that came was, if, if, we've, if we've come here and we've left family behind, then surely we're here for a reason. And I don't want to just be here. I don't want to just do it. I don't want to just get through it. I want the Lord to get through us whatever it is that He wants to get done. Lord, get it done through us. Use us. We're here. We're here for a reason. There's a purpose. And uh, I thank the Lord for that fresh reminder and reset. And then as I was working my way through uh, Genesis and my devotions, I came across this word. At Genesis 26, verses 2 And three, say, do not go down to Egypt, live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land and I will be with you and bless you. And what I got out of that was be there. Where you're at, be there. At this point in time, there was a famine in the land. And the temptation was to head back to Egypt because something was going on that didn't seem right or good. The temptation was to go back to the land of which... Uh, to the land of Egypt. And so in this case, the word though is dwell in this land and I will be with you and bless you. And that was what the Lord was, was prodding me on in regards to our trip in Uganda is be there, you're there, be there. Dwell in that land and realize that I will be with you and bless you. And I actually can share with you of the blessings that came from being there. And what I might have missed out on had I not been there. So there's the confessions. And for takeaways, um, what's surprising to me and, and perhaps to you is if you ask me about my time in Africa and you ask me what stood out on the trip for me, you know, maybe you would expect it would be the extreme poverty or this island that we traveled to and. Um, certainly those things have gripped me. Certainly they still grip me. I don't, you would have to be very hard to not have that penetrate through your heart, of course. But to me, what stood out above everything in our time was the times that we had as a team of corporate devotion. These times were, uh, to me, they were very special. And the Lord was dealing with me specifically. But as we would gather in the room in the morning before we started our day, I saw it as a great privilege. Sitting there with pastors, sitting there with other brothers and sisters, and the Lord there with Pastor Mike, the founder of Pottersfield. Pastor Craig, who had lived in Uganda for 14 years, founder and and planted the church, Calvary and Tebe, that we're now there serving at, partnering with. He's in the room. Pastor Steve Miller, who's pastored a Calvary church for 20 plus years. Pastor Keith Pentar, who's a worship leader who has every one-liner that you couldn't even keep up writing them down because they were just coming one after the next. 
I can't even remember all of them, but I think he said, there's, there's no ship like fellowship. And uh, it just kept coming and didn't stop. So Brian and I got a kick out of that. And all of that, so Pastor Mike kicked off our first day of Team Devos. And uh, the devotion that he led with, one of the words that he brought was that he wanted a takeaway. He didn't want to just come to Africa and come back. But he wanted to come back and have people know that he had been in Africa. Not just because we're jet lagged, but because we've been there and, and the Lord's done something. He's dealt with us. He's shown us something. So that was the charge from, from right away at the beginning of the trip was to come back with a takeaway for, for each person to have that takeaway. And I can say the Lord gave me a few of those. And just, you know, in, in a broad view, our time, we ministered to kids. You can't walk onto that property at the church in Entebbe and not start ministering to kids. They flock from I don't know where. I swear their recess never starts or ends. It just continues. They're always on recess. Um, at least one of the age groups. So there's always kids to minister to. Uh, we had our outreach. Pastor Mike actually threw with the wheel um, several people from the community, even more than just the church were there. We had a lot of meetings with national pastors. Our, our national pastors, Pastor Isaac, Pastor Robert and the leadership team there at Calvary and Tebe. Um, we met with others and talked about potential new ministry opportunities, things that we could do that we're not doing. And of course, Chris and Imelda, who I believe most all of you know, they got married. So it's a beautiful day. So takeaways. The first uh, takeaway for me. Um, it came at a time when we were in a meeting at the church with the pastors. Pastor Isaac and Robert, the local church pastors were there. Pastor Craig, uh, the PFM leadership team was there. And uh, we're, we're in this meeting and we're getting to a place where we're talking about things to come. What, what things can we do in the future? And realizing we've been there for close to 10 years Upcoming next spring, we'll have been in Uganda for 10 years. So we've done a lot of ministry in these last 10 years. And one of the things that came up was about our Ugandan Ignite program that we've done. I don't know exactly when it started or when it finished, but I know it's been a few years. And um, so as we're talking about that, I got the bright idea to ask this question. And the way that I asked it implied, um, like, where are they all at now? And that was the question I asked. I said, you know, where are the Ignite students now? And the room kind of got silent. And Pastor Craig, mind you, who's been there, had been there 14 years. He's now moved back to the States, turned the church over to a national. But he chimed in somewhat quickly to that. And he started going down this list of people, these list of Ignite Ugandan interns who had gone through the program and are still around, still serving at the church, not to mention one of them who was a pastor who happened to be sitting in that room. Now, I really felt stupid as I'm questioning what was the fruit of that? What came out of Ugandan Ignite? And as we're talking about future, potentially doing a Ugandan Ignite, and uh, I just 
found myself then like roadkill, really, before the Lord. And uh, what more can you do in that place other than to just let the Lord have his way? Just let him, let him have it. You're roadkill. I, I really, everybody needs to have that experience at least once in their life. It feels good to feel stupid when you realize before the Lord. You, you get to realize you're not God. He is. I'm not God. Because I'm being faithless. I'm thinking God didn't do it. He, the Ignite program there didn't work. And now I'm having to eat my question that I asked realizing he's God. The word didn't return void. Whatever happened there is fruitful. It's so fruitful we have pastors, church leaders, ministers, educated people. Who we know of one is Josh who's here with us. There's fruit. Fruit has come out of that. And that was a big takeaway for me was to realize that even when I'm faithless, God is faithful. Even... Even when I'm doubting, even when I'm not believing, God is God. He's going to keep being God. He's going to keep to His promises. He's going to do what He does. Why? He's God. Doesn't, I don't have to believe that or not for Him to be that and do that. And another takeaway that came. Um, this one might be from a more personal place of what Africa was for me. So, um, of course, I mentioned I have a family. And one of the things is uh, we left on the 11th, I think it was a Thursday, we left um, mid-morning. And as I was finishing packing, getting ready to head out, um, one thing was agreed upon between Shannon and I was that we needed more time together. We didn't have enough time before I had to leave. We didn't have enough time for me to hear her out, for us to, to talk, to get on the same page and off I had to go. And I had to leave. Why? Because we're going. We're leaving. And the natural man, as I was thinking a lot on this, the natural man, is, is as I walked away, in, in the natural way of looking at this situation, every step I'm taking, I'm walking away from the problem that's in front of me. I'm walking away from the thing that I need to be turning around and going back to in order to make right. But I have this other problem going on. There's a call. And, and God has a will for our lives. And the call is that I'm to go out. And, and we're going. We're going to Africa. And not turning back. And I'm thankful to the Lord. Because what I realized and what He showed me then over the next two weeks was that whatever I could have done in my turning back... In my own strength, as, as the natural man, whatever I would have been able to go in and fix by might would not have been what God did for us in those two weeks apart. My wife's sitting in here, so I, I hope she can agree and attest to what I'm saying. Um, I know I couldn't have come up with what God did in me. And allowed to have happen for us as we were far apart. And one of our morning devotions, the scripture verse came to my remembrance. It's one that Pastor Don, I know, has taught right here at this church. The just shall live by faith. And I had remembered it. And Pastor Don had taught it. And when he taught it, it sounded good. I liked it. But I was realizing in that moment, I'm, I'm really living this out right now. 
The just shall live by faith. And literally the way that as he unpacks that verse, our, our living comes in the life of faith. As we're living, as we're walking out a life of faith, what we need for life, for living, is, is provided. God gives it to us. And so taking that step of faith, not leaving by sight, but leaving in faith, and, and faith will make us, oftentimes though, deal with something perhaps in might, or in confession, or in ownership, or taking responsibility. So I'm not saying that faith lets me just walk away and not deal with my problems. But faith will often call me to maybe come back and confront that, but doing so in faith. And so anyway, all I can say is that in those two weeks away, what the Lord did is I can attest the just shall live by faith. That's where we get our living. Imagine if out of fear, out of the natural man, I didn't quite have the option, but if I did, I stayed back. What I would have missed out on. At least for me, what I know, what I wouldn't have been able to do that the Lord was able to do. Why? Because He, he provides our living when we're living a life of faith. He's not just called us to step out and then there's going to be no provision. There's not going to be the things we need for life. He's given us all those things that pertain to life and godliness. So that was a takeaway for me that came in, in our personal life. Every trip, I think there's blessings. And uh, some of the blessings that came for me on this trip was just getting to watch the Ugandans serve the Lord. And, and specifically, uh, the team and the members at Calvary Chapel and Tebe. And it was in two different ways um, on our trip that I was able to see uh, the, the members at Calvary um, serving in ways that blessed me. The first was in our outreach, and the second way was at Chris's wedding. Um, this outreach was a production for sure. I think in... In an African standard, it was definitely a production. It was a big day. Um, you know, they were going around, filming people, getting hype, just share with us. Uh, and, and they asked the wrong guy to hype up the day, but they asked me. So good, Megan didn't put it in the interview video. But anyway, they're big, big event, big day. But just seeing these guys serving and serving to the end. And behind the scenes and late into the night. And then to come onto the church property the next morning. The place where we outreach, garbage all over, is all picked up. And it's all set up now for Chris and Imelda's wedding. And that was the second way Chris told me. He's like, man, I've got a committee. He, he had a wedding committee. And he's like, the Ugandans love their titles, man. I just give them a title and they, they go and they, they're doing all this stuff for me. But even in their doing, in their loving of the title, whatever it might be, whatever motive, um, they were serving. And it was a blessing to watch them serve. And so that, that will stick with me from my trip is seeing um, the members at Calvary and Tebe loving the Lord, serving the Lord. And another um, thing that stood out, of course, our Ignite class is on the ground. They, when we got there, I think they had been there for about one week. Um, and seeing them just 
kids hanging off of them. They're trying to learn the language. They're zealous. They're hungry. Hearing the pastors actually telling us already about the interns who have been there for just one week that they see their hunger to want to learn and learn the language. And um, that's a blessing. And it was a great blessing to see. That's the fruit of our labors. That's the fruit of what we're doing here. We're, we're grinding away. We're pouring out. We're praying. Uh, we're, we're fighting the good fight. And there's fruit coming from it. And that's what was going on in Uganda. Is getting to walk in the fruit of the labors of what was before us. And uh, so in, on every trip, I think there's also conversations. There's conversations that are had. Um, one conversation that resonated and stood out to me over, over any of them was one with a, uh, a young man named Ivan. Ivan, I don't know at what point in his life he uh, came on, Pastor Craig and Lauren, when they lived in Uganda, they would take in guys from time to time. And so Ivan was their son. He's one of the guys that they took in and poured into him. Uh, gave him a place to stay. And Ivan um, was, he, he picked us up and he was decked out in his, uh, what would be the word, uniform. He's a soldier. And um, so he's head to toe with his hat on. And I'm like, man, they're, they're stepping up the game. You know, the church is bringing military now to come pick us up. Um, but it just happened to be Ivan, Pastor Craig's son. So, I knew I was going to have to talk to this guy at some point before we left. And Ivan was also Pastor Craig's driver because he had had some arm surgery and couldn't uh, shift his car. So Ivan was around. And one of the nights I got to actually sit down and talk with Ivan and find out more about um, the military that he's committed to. Um, Get this. It's a nine-year commitment that he's made to the military. Nine years, he's committed. And as I was starting to ask him questions like, you know, how are you here right now? How, how are you out? Shouldn't, what, you know, what phases are there? And essentially, he's been with the military now, I don't even think, uh, for a year. And he's on good terms with them. And he said, basically, if they know you're a good person... They'll kind of let you go off and and do um, take a vacation and come back. If you're a drunkard, they won't let you go because they know you're you're going to get into a mess while you're out. Um, but it was it was so cool just hearing his story. I think there's somewhere around a thousand soldiers that are in uh, their military and at least even at the base that he's at. And Ivan, in just this short period of time, has found himself as like a number two guy to one of the top commanders in the military. And one morning I was sitting, um, Pastor Craig, the guy didn't sleep. He was always up. And we always heard him out talking um, early in the morning. But him and Ivan were talking one morning. And he read him this verse, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before the great. And it just resonated, and it was such a picture of Ivan, his life, and um, using this gift that God had allowed him to acquire through 
the ministry of Pastor Craig and Lauren, and they had put him through mechanic school. And he's now a mechanic in the military, earning favor. And a number two, it's like in Nehemiah, you know, a trusted guy to the king. And uh, just was a street kid who was taken in. And, you know, how many, we, we realized how many Ivans there are in the ministry at, at the work that God's doing through Pottersfield, through Calvary Chapel and Tebby. That's one of several. We, we determined on our trip, we have to get someone over there with a camera who's dedicated to some of these uh, testimonies are their grounds for a full 60 minute documentary. People who have come from the sedan and um, they're now fellowshipping and just being raised up at the church at Calvary. And um, so I'm going to close out with just moments. There were two moments for me that stood out above uh, all else. And uh, the first moment. So Chris, he had his rehearsal uh, for the wedding at the church. We were in the chapel and at the end of it. We're, we're standing outside the chapel, and as we're standing there, um, if this was the exit to the chapel, up on that back wall would be the second story to um, one of the school buildings. And up there on the second level, I just caught a glimpse of this group of kids. They're up there snickering, and they're looking down at us. They're talking, and they're laughing. And I got a glimpse of these young kids looking down at us. And this overwhelming sense came of God's plan of a hope and a future. And, and this being a place of hope. And it was kind of one of those moments where past, present, and future just collide in, in one moment. Calvary Chapel in Tebe, that property used to be a killing field. There were no buildings. There was nothing there but blood. Bloodshed and not a place of hope. Not a land of hope or restoration. And now to see, so that's the past, and then to see what God is doing. The, the life and excitement and the hope and the future for these kids who are there at the church. And, and then to look ahead and to know these little ones up there on the rail, these will be the, the next, the next generation. These will be the Ivans, the, the fill-in-the-blanks, the Elnais. It's just a cool name, Elnai. He's got a radical testimony. And so the last moment, and I'll just close uh, with these thoughts. As we were getting ready to take off from the church um, and head out for good. So this was our last time on the property. Uh, one of the little boys, Timothy, comes running up to me and he says, where's Ryan? I, said, I don't know. Ryan's gone. He's already left. And then it was kind of that moment of like, well, you'll do. You're not Ryan, but you'll do. And uh, so he just wanted to talk for a minute. And then unexpectedly, with force, he just came in and, and gave me this big hug. And he said, I'll see you in a year. And that rocked me. Because as I, I walked away and I said, yeah, I'll see you. For one, I'm taking that as prophecy. Africa 2019. Here we come. It didn't even rock me to the extent it did until I got back here. And uh, my father and brother were here for the weekend. So we were over at the place that they were staying at. And on the fridge, PFK prayer children, on the fridge was Timothy. 
I don't know what the odds are of that. I know that we have a handful of prayer children. I know we have several. And for, for that prayer child to be of, of any prayer child that could have been on the fridge, for it to be Timothy, and for Timothy to be one of the few kids that really stands out and resonates to me, I know what God was doing for me. He was giving confirmation. And I would say this is confirmation not just for me, but for the ministry. The confirmation is, and as we all walked away knowing, we've been here 10 years. It's been difficult. We've worked through a lot. 10 years anywhere doing anything is hard. Commitment, you're working it out. And uh, going into that trip, not even knowing, are we going to further and continue ministry here and leaving going, this is for sure we're supposed to be here doing what we're doing with the people we're doing it with. And then there's this kid, Timothy, who says, I'll see you in a year. And it was almost as if the Lord had spoken that through him. And then coming back here and just getting that confirmation. We are making a difference. These prayer kids on a card. They're they're real kids. And their lives are really being changed. You know, and so that's what we're coming back to say is that we're, we're doing it. And the Lord's using this ministry. He's using every aspect of it. It takes all aspects to do what's being done. From from the lowest to the next lowest. Because we're all just doing our low little thing. Okay? None of us are in high positions. So we're all doing our part. And God's doing it. That's what I... Katie sung that song about faithfulness. And I think one or two or even three of the songs had that in it. And that's the Lord just showing me. He's faithful. The Lord's faithful. And uh, he's, he's got us. He's got this ministry. And he's doing a mighty work around the world. And we get to be a part of it. So, amen.